Welcome to the Youth School Podcast, where we believe inside of everybody there is a great story waiting to be discovered and lived. This is the show where we guide you on your journey in discovering what your story could be. It's your life. Don't let anybody else write it. everybody. Welcome to the U School Podcast, another episode. This is Scott Schimmel, your host, and uh, we're switching gears a little bit this month, switching a theme to talk about moments, which is a, a, a broad theme, but a, uh, a topic that's really near and dear to my heart, because one of the things I'm always trying to do, and what we're trying to do specifically through the programs that we create and the training offerings we have for U School, is help create moments and craft moments of connection and insight and, and self-discovery. And so, I am thrilled to have on our show today from across the country, uh, Dan Horgan. And, and he and I are phone friends, if that's okay to say, Dan. <laughs> we're, <laughs> we're LinkedIn <laughs> friends, we're phone friends. This is probably our third or fourth time having a conversation. But I, was, uh, I made a list, Dan, just to let you know, early in the year, right around New Year's, of who would I love to have, who would be like kind of a dream guest on the podcast. And you were the top of the list. And so thank you for creating the time. And um, maybe as we get started, you can share with the listeners, who the heck are you? <laughs> what are you doing in the world? And, uh, and, and how did, you know, what's the context for our, our relationship between you school and, and what you're up to? Yeah, absolutely. Well, Scott, thanks so much for having us. Um, super excited to be with you guys and be with your listeners. Um, so as Scott mentioned, so I work with Mentor, the National Mentoring Partnership. Uh, which is an organization that's been around for almost 30 years, headquartered in Boston, Massachusetts. I live in New York City. And our core mission is to essentially increase the quantity and quality of mentoring supports for young people across the country. And you know, my primary focus at Mentor is to work with companies to either develop or enhance and scale their mentoring initiatives, uh, really driving engagement with their employees and connecting them with young people at all different stages of their lives. How did you get into that and, and you know, maybe career-wise, your backstory of what, what led you into helping set up mentoring relationships and mentor systems? Sure. So, uh, so I started my career pretty young at the age of 12, I like to say. <laughs> so uh, I'm the youngest of, of, I have two older brothers, and uh, it was the, when I was 12, they went off to be camp counselors at our local YMCA. Hmm. And as the youngest, people might be able to relate. You obviously want to follow in the footsteps of your older siblings mm-hmm. or you know, do what they're doing or at least you know, be that annoying little sibling. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah. Yeah. Uh, after a week of being bored to death at home, I convinced my older brother to let me come and volunteer alongside of them at the camp with the huh. six-year-old. And that really sparked my interest in service. Um, fast forward, I started a nonprofit when I was 18 that was com- part of the America's Promise movement. And so... We were the first youth-led community of promise in the country. Hmm. As America's Promise was getting up and running, everybody was talking about how we can best support young people and set them up for success. But most of the time, young people were not at the table and were not a part of the decision-making process. Hmm. And so I wanted to show that you could create a similar movement um, by empowering young people to be you know, co-leaders in the process. Mm-hmm. And so that sparked a whole new <laughs> sort of career track in the nonprofit yeah. management space. I went on to work in corporate social responsibility at Capital One, hmm. and then went off and did my own consulting work, and uh, Mentor was one of my largest clients, and uh, continue to do consulting on the side today and, and support Mentor's mission. But relationships have always been key 
and understanding how sectors can work uh, work across sectors and work even internally within organizations like companies work across functions to ensure that we're you're mobilizing the resources and the supports that young people need yep. and engaging them in a really intentional way in the process as well. We want to let you know that this month we have a free resource for you that you can download. It's called Cultivating Moments, a take it with you toolkit to cultivate a classroom environment where you connect deeply for insight, for whimsy, and for discovery. One of the things we hear from teachers all the time is how do I design a classroom environment where we can connect and have moments of deep connection. So this downloadable resource for you that's available for free can give you some thoughts and guidance for what you can do given the limited capacity that you have, given all the constraints that you have, how you can use foresight and a little bit of planning to cultivate a classroom environment where moments can naturally occur. All you got to do is go to bit.ly slash cultivating moments. That's B-I-T period L-Y forward slash cultivating moments. And we will get you that free resource in a minute. So go to that website and check it out. And when you think about the young people, maybe the, my first question is about uh, uh, mentors and organization. Is that defined as specifically adolescents? Is that, is that K through 12? Is that, is that the whole gamut? Yeah, so at Mentor, we typically define youth as uh, under 24. Okay. Uh, so we have different initiatives focused on different age groups, but some of our older work is focused on like 16 to 24-year-olds. Okay. Oh, okay. And, and for you, like personal passion, interest, where does your passion lie in terms of the age and demographic? Yeah, it's a great question. I mean, I, I used to run a summer camp for middle school kids and I, I have okay. to say everybody always like cringes when they hear middle no, school yeah, and I just love yeah. that age group. Yeah. <laughs> like, I think that they are at that stage where they're still exploring and trying to discover who they are. They're open to, you know, trying new things and meeting new people, mm -hmm. but they're also at that point where they're starting to like form their groups. And yeah. so there's just this really cool sort of, um, your crossroads that they're at that you can really help influence how they can use all of that energy for good yep. uh, and help them discover what they're really good at and how to put that to, to service of others. And I really like that space. It's they're incredibly open, which is one of the things I love about middle schoolers. My son's in middle school now and it's, it's uh, so in, in our house, we're going through this huge transition, having a teenager more or less in the house. Um, yeah. to watch him, there's, there's like this delightful, lack of um, sophistication, lack of filtering. <laughs> There's like such little filters and they're all just seemingly spilling out everywhere. They haven't quite developed the capacity to hide yet, which is what I love. <laughs> uh, and also exactly. in our house all the time. <laughs> Would you just be quiet? And I think too, <laughs> exactly. I think there's this space too, like even like middle school and high school students, what I love about them is that and I felt the same way when I was 18, which is mm -hmm. I didn't know anything about running a nonprofit, but mm -hmm. I just did it. And I figured it out as I went. Yeah. And I think the older you get, you, you feel more pressure to have everything buttoned up and you yeah. feel the pressure of people's judgments and critiques around you. Mm -hmm. And so the more we can embrace uh, just that spirit of trying and testing and learning innovation that young people mm -hmm. bring to the table, the better off we'll all be in, yeah. in communities. Well, I know you do quite a bit of training around mentoring 
And in, in this theme of moments, the big question that I'm wrestling with and we at USCO are wrestling with is how can you create a relationship or cultivate the, the dynamics of a relationship so that there are moments of connection and, and meaning and, and shared purpose? What, what are the, what are the, I don't know, if you frame it as like, what are your tips or what are the principles that you, or, or the kind of foundations, but what are, your, what are your thoughts on how to cultivate a relationship of mentoring that, that leads to good moments? Yeah, I mean, I always say there's sort of three core things. One is be patient, which means mm-hmm. like, don't try to go from zero to 360 and building a relationship overnight. Like, yeah. just take your time, understand the other person's context, get to know each other before you dive into, you know, what are your goals? What do you want to do? How can I help you? <laughs> a lot of times people like want to uh, yeah, focus there first. Yeah. And it's just for a lot of kids and frankly, a lot of adults too, like right. that's just a major turnoff and it feels like there's this immense amount of pressure on you to perform versus yes. you just to connect. It's not very personal. Um, so being, exactly. So being patient is totally, I think the first, the second I think is being intentional um so don't just you know just don't fly by the seat of your pants like have a plan have some mm-hmm. structure don't be over structured don't over engineer mm-hmm. the process but creating i always say it's kind of like you get a canvas you you see your boundaries and then you can paint whatever picture you want to paint mm-hmm. but you have some structure to you know the resources you're using or the vision you're trying to to create together mm-hmm. um and then the third i would say is um at the end of the day, like really on both ends, both a mentor and a mentee, be super curious, mm-hmm. um, asking really great questions of each other mm-hmm. and acknowledging that mentoring relationships, when they're effective, are rooted in the concept or the philosophy of both teaching and learning. Mm-hmm. And when it becomes off balance, it's when mentors or mentees in some cases are trying to teach more mm-hmm. than they're open to learning. And, mm-hmm. and I think that's oftentimes what you know, breaks down a lot of relationships. That is good. That is really good. When you think about setting up a mentoring program, um, I guess, first of all, I'm curious about from your perspective and the organizations, the companies, and, and, and the students that are part of those programs, is there, do you sense uh, a desire for mentoring? Is that, and is that trending upwards, downwards? Like, what are just your, the sense of what you see for the desire for mentoring? Yeah, I think the, there's a desire for relationships. Okay. And I think that people use mentoring in all sorts of, you know, there's different words that people use to describe what at the core mentoring is all about, mm-hmm. which is really about unleashing the power of a relationship. Mm-hmm. And I think that when I work with companies, you know, just using the word mentor can sometimes make people think of a particular model, like a mm-hmm. traditional big brothers, big sisters, long-term relationship mm-hmm. over many, many years. Versus like what to your point on the whole theme of this podcast around like there can be mentoring moments that Mm -hmm. you have a 30 minute coffee chat with somebody that just sparks an idea or is that little nugget of encouragement that makes that individual go and and make the decision or take Mm -hmm. the action that they need to get over whatever the obstacle is or to push themselves outside of their comfort zone. Mm -hmm. And so I think in terms of how you structure a program. I think there's, there's certainly the core uh, elements of an effective mentoring program that we have at Mentor that we hold up. There's six core standards hmm. um, that anybody, you know, we can make sure, you know, folks listening can, can access those things. Cool. Okay, great. 
but beyond that, I think it's making sure there's some structure. There's some, you know, I see so many mentoring initiatives, especially in companies fail because there's great intention about bringing people together. And then people are standing there looking at each other and they're yes. kind of like, now what do we do? Yes. <laughs> so, totally. Now what? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> that, that reminds me, I was, I was, uh, invited to be a mentor of a, of a local high school's mentoring program that they started. And, and initially the conversation was for school to bring in some programming to help support that mentoring program. But it turned out they were already down a path of uh, really wanting to implement their own version. And so I volunteered to be one of the mentors and I was assigned three students. We met once a month the entire year and we were given no roadmap. And I, I had kind of signed on that I would follow their plan, which the plan was no plan <laughs> from what I could tell. And I remember <laughs> right. one of the last meetings, and it's, uh, at that point, I think I had seven or eight uh, sessions with these three students. I just kind of looked around because we're in a library full of other mentors. I'm using air quotes right now, mentors and um, students having conversations. And I'm, I'm thinking like, I don't think I've made much of an impact at all. We haven't really connected in this, in, in this setup, in this arrangement. So, and I, and I thought to myself like, oh my gosh, I'm, gonna, I'm a professional mentor. That's literally what I do for a living. What are these other people doing? So I, I totally agree that the idea of having structure and clarity and a vision and uh, that you don't just get together, it's going to be awesome. Magic will happen. I think there go, there, there's a lot more that goes into it, but, but what, the, what that is doesn't necessarily have to be hyper complex. It can be simple. Right. Um, so when you think about the companies, obviously that's a big part of your role, the corporate partnerships, um, is, that, is that an easy sell? Is that, uh, do you have to angle that depending on the company for why they'd be involved in a mentoring program? Like what's your sense with the corporate side? Yeah. I mean, I feel like, again, there's a lot of appetite for strengthening relationships. And when you talk about it in the context of a relationship, people catch on pretty quickly. So when I work with companies, I talk about the importance of relationships among coworkers, uh, the relationship between an mm -hmm. employee and a customer, mm -hmm. uh, even the relationship between customers. And so Thinking about it in that context oftentimes makes an easy transition to say, we also need to be investing in the relationships with our youth mm -hmm. who are your future workforce, maybe your current customer base or future customers. Um, they're the individuals that are going to invest in your company long term. Like there's all those ways of, of framing it. Mm -hmm. um, I often say too, and I think this is important for people to consider is when we work on mentoring in the in sort of the broader mentoring movement, there's the long view and the short view. The short view is we need to get young people connected to a variety of relationships that expose them to new ideas, new networks, new mm. opportunities. We also have to be working at the long game, which is how do we create mentoring cultures within companies so mm. that when those youth show up at 16 yeah. at you know, the McDonald's or the Taco Bell or the Starbucks, yeah. that that culture embraces their strengths right. and gives them opportunities to learn and grow. Yes. Like we were waiting for you. We, we expected you coming exactly. back. We actually already understand exactly. how to work with you. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I had a, I had a uh, my, actually my sister yesterday sent me a text message and she said, <clears throat> and she works in a big company. She said, uh, the young employees, keep telling us the managers that we're not mentoring them, but all we feel like we are doing is mentoring them. That's, <laughs> she said, what's wrong? Right. That was her question. Um, and I don't know much of her context uh, of who those people are, the individual relationships, but I'm curious how you would respond to that. Um, the young people are asking for more and the manager is saying, what are you talking about? 
you, you know, you're getting more than we ever got. So what, what are your thoughts on right. that? So I do a lot of training with companies right now around uh, managing with a mentoring mindset, okay. which is different from a lot of, a lot of times managers think they're mentoring, but what they're really doing is managing to a to-do list or managing okay. a transactional relationship. Uh-huh. And when you get them to understand that it's not about, you know, say you're the store manager at a Starbucks, it's not about going into the Starbucks and checking off your to-do items for the day, hmm. but it's about how do you build a rapport so that if a young person who's new to their career, comes in late twice, you don't let them go because of being irresponsible. Yeah. You amp up your curiosity and you ask about, you know, why are you late? Mm-hmm. And as soon as you understand that context, then you can make a more informed decision as to how you best support mm-hmm. and navigate that situation. Yeah. Same is true in a school. Like yeah. if a teacher, you know, I'll, I'll tell you a quick story. When I was yeah. uh, in Pittsburgh and running the, the work that we were doing at a bunch of different schools, there was this one kid who was you know, completely being disruptive in one of the classes that we were in. And the teacher just sent him into the hallway mm. in a, like a very sort of like rash way, like not yeah. super helpful, yeah. Yeah. Um, which sort of set him off even more. Right. And we immediately, one of the staff people on my team, like immediately went out in the hallway and sort of sat down and said like, Hey, you know, like, let's just check in. Like, let's first just like breathe. <laughs> let's just like calm. Yeah. And like, hey, what's going on? Like, you're not like this normally. Like something's obviously bothering you. And it was literally a situation where uh, the young person had somebody in his family that passed away the night before. Oh my God. And he didn't call 911. Oh. And he felt this pressure on him. He was like a probably late elementary school. Wow. And he felt this pressure. He thought it was his fault. Oh my gosh. And so I just, I always tell that story to remind people that, yeah. like, at the end of the day, like, if you're a teacher in a classroom of 20 to 30 people, which I totally get, there's a lot to manage. Yeah. The reality is that there's a story behind every single one of those kids in any moment. Yeah. And unless we understand what their story is, mm-hmm. we can't manage to that context effectively. That's right. Uh, and vice versa, like teaching young people to be curious about the context of their teachers or mm-hmm. the staff and community-based programs that are working with them. That's great. That gives you the mentoring moment, which all those moments added up yes. is what gives you your know, transformational experience. Yeah. That's beautiful. I love that. And we, we have been working in a local high school in San Diego and, and training throughout the year for teachers to grow in the art of storytelling. And um, uh, so going first, being the ones who share and open up about their personal lives. And as you can expect, a lot of the teachers are totally game with that. They're, yeah, that's what I do anyways already. But there's a, there's a handful that are just resistant. Um, and, and we're trying to create the culture with the principal and the leadership of a culture of that's just, that's just what happens. And it's, it's really fun to find research and research projects out there that talk about how when students feel like they know a teacher or uh, an adult leader, they'll actually work harder. They'll show up more often. They'll show up on time because and it's, it's funny. Even a student said, even if I don't like the teacher, if I feel like I know them personally, I'll <laughs> right. work harder for them. <laughs> and I think it's so true. <laughs> I don't even like this guy, but uh, I don't know. I respect. <laughs> he's, he's a real person, right. human being. <laughs> yeah. And the same is true out in our communities. Uh, I'm on a board of a nonprofit in LA called Team Kids. Mm-hmm. And they work in bringing public safety into schools. And there was this great story. One of the um, uh, chief police, uh, chief of the police, shared mm-hmm. the story that they were responding to a domestic violence call. Mm-hmm. And, you know, as soon as they walked into the, the home, 
the parents were like going at it and like set on alert because of the fact that the police had arrived. Yeah. But then the kid recognized the chief of police from the classroom programming that Team Kids oh. does. Yeah. And like all of a sudden, as soon as the kid called him out by the, his officer name, huh. the parents like you could just see he said the body language and everything like the stress level just went down yeah. because there was an acknowledgement that they knew each other wow. and that maybe we could work this out. Wow. And so like that's in, in any setting, there's yeah. just this immense power of a relationship if you take the time again with intentionality to to build it. Well, um you're so smart, Dan. Thank you for sharing your genius. And, and we're going to be sure to sh uh, have show notes and, and connect to some of those resources we're talking about. I guess one question that's on my mind, and, and maybe this is putting too much on the spot, but um, it's, it's, it's to ask you about uh, a moment that you've had with a mentor that's been significant. And for instance, this morning, we're just launching a, a new leadership program, a student leadership program. And I was actually going through this program you know, we designed it, we wrote it, but now I'm going through it as a participant. And one of the questions is, is essentially that who, what leaders in your life have, have had an impact on you. And, and I thought of uh, some mentors that were with me for years. I thought of a couple bosses that I've had, but there was one guy that really we had one conversation and it might've been an hour to your point earlier. And I just said, mm -hmm. kind of asked him this one question and, and what he said really significantly, I can, I can look back on that kind of BC AD moment in my life where what he said to me changed me and, and I'll hold on to that forever. So I'm curious if, if there's a moment that sticks out to you in your story that really had a big impact on you. Yeah, I'll share. So one thought first and then I'll share a quick, a quick story. So one thought is oftentimes I'm driven by the people who tell me I can't do something. Okay. And I, I think I, I always like to say, <laughs> yeah, cause I always like to say that when it comes to mentoring, cause I think sometimes people's perception of mentoring is mm. like this, great formality of a relationship yeah and oftentimes if i'm talking with people and they're telling me all the reasons why my idea couldn't work there's mm -hmm. this motivation or fire in me that's like i take that challenge and accept it to figure mm -hmm. out how to solve the problem mm -hmm. so then they in many ways are you know a mentor yeah um i'll sort of take it full circle to how i talked about when i started my career so the first summer that i was at ymca i was 12 and working with six-year-old the second summer when i was 13 I was matched with this boy, Patrick, uh, who was about 10. And Patrick had Down syndrome. And Patrick, to me, I would say, was one of the earliest mentors that I have mm -hmm. because he, every single day, like when he drove up with his mom to, to camp, like he had this huge smile on his face. He would give the warmest hugs to you mm -hmm. as soon as he got out of the car and like run over to you with such excitement that you were there. Yeah. And what he you know the summer before i was trying to do everything my brothers were doing and just mm -hmm. sort of follow in their footsteps and sort of replicate their actions but that summer i realized that i had my own skills my own ability to connect with somebody and patrick's outlook on life i think showed me that you know no matter what you put your mind to you can achieve it mm -hmm. there was the the one day at camp where his you know there was a lot of concerns about him engaging with some of the sporting activities and you know, I saw Patrick over sort of by himself and everybody else was forming these teams to do this big kickball tournament. And I went over to Patrick and I said, you know, hey, you know, do you want to play? Hmm. He's like, well, I'm not supposed to play because I'll probably get hurt. Hmm. And I said, well, I asked you, do you want to play? <laughs> and he was like, well, yeah, I want to play. And so I was like, well, then let's go play. Hmm. And like his outlook was just like, let's do it. And hmm. he got so excited that somebody like showed him that, you know, just because somebody else put a limitation on you doesn't mean it has to stick. Yeah. You can plow through it and, and challenge those limitations. And mm. 
in many ways, he, he mentored me that summer to sort of follow my passion for service, which mm. has stuck ever since. That's great. I love that. Yeah, I, actually, that's, that sparks um, some thoughts for me, too. I've been thinking lately about the difficult people in my life that are uh, hard for me to love, hard for me to have patience with. And I've been trying to reframe how I see those folks as, you know, they're the school for me to learn how to love yep. and be more compassionate, be more kind. And it's, it's such a helpful shift in terms of who's actually influencing me and, and, um, and how I'm choosing to engage with those folks. It's, it can be pretty radical. That's awesome. Yeah, I love that. That's great. Well, Dan, how can folks stay in touch with you or get in touch with you or get some of the resources that we're talking about? Yeah, I mean, definitely. You know, anybody can connect with me on LinkedIn um, or they can shoot me an email at uh, dhorgan at mentoring.org. Cool. Uh, definitely check out our website at mentor. Mentoring.org has tons of great resources, hmm. um, tools for both mentoring programs, school-based, community-based workplace, as well as uh, some great tools that mentors themselves and young people can leverage uh, as they build their relationships too. And if a school or a community program that's listening, a leader wanted to pursue that path and, and have a conversation, is, is there an easy way on the website to get in touch or kind of ask for help or set up a call or something? Yeah, I mean, in the spirit of relationships, they can definitely reach out to me and I'll put them in, <laughs> in touch Great. with the right person Perfect. at the organization. <laughs> um, sometimes navigating websites can be challenging. So, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, good. Well, thanks so much, Dan. And thanks for what you're doing and, and glad that we could be friends and maybe sometime we'll be uh, uh, face-to-face friends. Absolutely. And Scott, I just want to say in, t- in conclusion, thank you. I mean, the work that you're doing at U-School, we, so much of what we talked about today is how do you sort of you know, discover and share your stories with each other and the platform that you're building, the work that you're doing in schools and communities is so needed. It adds that structure that um, can be a roadmap to, to help people transform their lives. So thanks for all the work you guys are doing too. Cool. All right, buddy. Uh, thanks for joining in and check out the show notes and we'll be with you next week. Take care. Hey, thanks for joining us for the Youth School podcast. We wanted to let you know that we have a new free mini course that's available for you. It's called the Real Me Course. It's available on our website. Go to theuschool.com forward slash register. Create an account and you'll see the Real Me Course available for you for free. Within three quick exercises, you can get clear about your identity, about who you are, and what matters to you. Let us guide you through video and through interactive prompts for you to figure out and get clear about your real story. So go to the useful.com and thanks for joining us today.